Marijuana smoking, experts point out, can make a helpless addict of its victim within weeks, causing physical and moral ruin and death. The first legally sold marijuana here goes to an Iraqi war veteran. A new insurance study out this week looked at car crashes in several states that allow the use of recreational marijuana. Barry Peterson. You're a doc. You've studied this. You've talked to the researchers. Right. You're saying marijuana can kill cancer cells. Who taught you how to do this stuff? You, all right? I learned it by watching you. Marijuana is illegal under federal law. States have legalized recreation. It's no wonder you can't open your eyes. What do you expect to open yourself up with this rotten stuff? What do you know about pot? All right, this is the Cannabis Hour. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Jen Prokachi. The Cannabis Hour is a bi-weekly radio program where we discuss all things cannabis. I have a great community-oriented segment for you here today. I have three wonderful community members on the line with us, Jessica Romer, Sweet Leaf Joe, and Tracy Peller. We're going to be discussing the Leggett Fire Water Project and then the Mendocino Producers Guild Wildly Successful Farmers Market Series. And then we're going to be moving on to learn about um, Sweet Leaf Joe's Sweet Leaf Collective. So up first, I have Jessica Romer on the line. Jessica, are you here with us? Yes, I am. Good morning. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. So Jessica is the... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. A little delay here. Oh, no. Go right ahead. It's okay. You know, we're we're Zooming everyone, so there, there might be a little delay here, but... Yes, Jessica is the founder, a founder and a resident and the president of board of directors at Tan Oak Park um, for 29 years. Tan Oak Park has been a nonprofit retreat and a respite center that provides respite, respite and treatment for folks with AIDS. She is also the president of the Leggett Valley School Board and the vice commander of the American Legion Post of Leggett. So lots of hats that Jessica wears here. She does some very important work in our community. And she's here today to tell us about a very, very important project she is working on. And that is the Leggett Fire Water Project. So Jessica, I'm going to let you explain to our listeners um, what exactly the Leggett Fire Water Project is. All right. Thank you, Jen, for having me on. Uh, the Leggett Fire Water Project is a cooperative effort by uh, Tan Oak Park, which is Family and Friends United by AIDS, and also with the Leggett Volunteer Fire Company, the American Legion Post of Leggett, the Bell Springs Fire Department, and the Leggett Fire Commissioners. And our project is to install a fire emergency water tank uh, along Highway 101 for the fire departments. And the location will actually be in front of Tan Oak Park, which is 14 miles north of Laytonville and 8 miles south of Leggett. We're right almost at the border between the Leggett and the Laytonville Fire Districts and also Bell Springs Road for the Bell Springs. Uh, there's very little water available in this part of the country, and, and actually in the county, I should say, and with the drought, the country. And uh, we are, uh, we've discovered that we used to have drafting pools along the rivers that we could pull water out of, and they're no longer available. And there's no water available on this section of road from South Leggett until you get into the Laytonville area. And uh, the tank will be uh, 62,000 gallons of usable water 
We'll have a fire hydrant in the driveway right along the edge of 101 with a large turnaround area, and it's water that's only going to be used for the fire department. We started this project early last summer. It looked like we were going to have funding coming through uh, Mendocino uh, County Resources, but all of the funding for this type, for any type of venture like this actually went to trucking water out to Mendocino and Fort Bragg to keep them going during the summertime. So we're pretty much doing this on, on grass uh, grassroots efforts. Uh, we uh, will be, uh, our, our sponsors, uh, ones that uh, donate to us, we'll be inviting them to a, an opening uh, unveiling party, and any of the larger sponsors will actually uh, put their names on the tank to recognize them for what they've done. We'll include them in our outreach materials. And for the largest of the sponsors, we'll put their names and their logos on the tank so it'll be there permanently to show how they've helped with the community. Uh, any questions? I'm kind of rambling here. No, that's okay. That's all great information. I do have a question, and that is, what is what happened to those drafting pools that you used to pull from? Did they just dry up, or are you just no longer allowed to access that water? They pretty much have dried up. Uh, most of the streams up here are really... Until this last rainstorm, we were really almost, it looked like summer flows in all the creeks up here. And last year, several of them went dry. And so the water is just not there at all. And uh, there there are a couple ways that you can reach out to us and to help the project. And one is that we have a GoFundMe page up, and it's Leggett Firewater Project for GoFundMe. And we also have a, uh email address, which is uh, LeggettFWP at mcn.org, and you can reach out to that on us. And, of course, information of the park would be at tanopark.org on the web. And uh, all I can say is that uh, with a little bit of help from people in the community and doing this as a grassroots effort, we'll be able to complete the project. We've already raised about, oh, $38,000, and we have quite a bit more pledged to us, but we're still short quite a ways, and... Uh, we really would like to have this tank in place by the summertime. We contracted with National Tank Company uh, last summer and actually paid down payment on the tank, which locked in the steel prices. So our steel is sitting in their company yard waiting to be assembled. And uh, we just finished up the uh, soil studies and the uh, earthquake zone studies and then uh, working on the design of the foundation for the tank. And then after that, the next step will be installing the tank. Uh, so if you could uh, reach great. out and, and, and help us in some way. It's, uh, if we don't do these things as a community, it's just not going to happen. Yes, I absolutely agree with you there. And, you know, my listeners might be wondering, what's the, it's the cannabis hour, what's the connection here? And I just want to say that there is, you know, so much crossover in volunteerism and community advocacy from the cannabis community into the greater community in many of our small towns here. And I actually met Jessica at the Mendocino Producers Guild Farmers Market um, over this past weekend where she was there just very diligently handing out flyers to get us all informed about this very important project. Jessica, do you have any sort of like direct fundraising events coming up for this? Uh, we uh, Currently, we do not. We'll be tabling at different events and we are thinking of doing a uh, uh, fundraising concert here in the park Uh We've got one date in July we're looking at. I'm still in contact with the musicians to see uh, how much they'd be willing to, to donate and how much you'd have to pay for expenses, and uh, then possibly one coming up in August. Uh, and uh, so some direct fundraising. 
Okay, great. And of course, I'll certainly keep my listeners informed about that if that comes to pass. And in the meantime, you can contact Jessica. Jessica, do you want to just say your contact information one more time for my sure. listeners here? Yes, the uh, email address for us is Leggett, L-A-G-G-E-T-T, F-W-P, at M-C-N, Mendocino Community Network, dot org. And uh, that is for our email address. And uh, the GoFundMe site is uh, Leggett Firewater Project on GoFundMe. Okay, that is wonderful. Jessica, thank you so much for coming on today to tell us about that. And I will read that information again at the end of my show for everyone. And thank you so much for your hard work on this project, because we certainly need as much fire protection as we can get. So thank you. Well, well, thank you. One one very last quick comment is how does it affect cannabis is that uh, basically where we are located, we're on 101 just below Bell Springs area. And we have uh, local cannabis producers all around us. And if any fires along Highway 101 can be extinguished quickly before they blow up, that will protect all of the community and all the cannabis growers. So thank you very much for your time. And uh, Thank you, Jessica. And have a great day. And I, I'm sure we'll get all the funding for your project because, of course, fire affects us all. So thank you so much for your hard work, and I'll make sure to announce that information again at the end of the show. Well, thank you very much, Jen. Thank you, Jessica. Take care. Okay. Okay, Bye-bye. Tracy. Bye-bye. Tracy, are you here with us? I am. Oh, boy. Okay, great. So we have Tracy Peller here. A nice little segue. I met Jessica um, at the Mendocino Producers Guild Farmers Market last weekend, and now we have the marvelous Tracy Peller on the air with us, and she is our fearless leader for Mendocino Producers Guild. Uh, Mendocino Producers Guild is providing local countywide farmers markets to showcase our wonderful wares in Mendocino County to the world. Our producers are small and they are dedicated to best practices with respect for wildlife and watershed. So Tracy is going to tell us all about the guild, um, what's going on now, hopes for the future, and we're going to talk about the farmer's market and what a beautiful event it was. And before we get started with that, I just wanted to read a little passage here. This is from one of my favorite books, and it talks about community and sort of um, bartering within the community. And it's a sentiment that I feel like really reflects the values of the Mendocino Producers Guild and sort of just embodies our values towards farmers markets in general in Mendocino County. So this is a passage from the book, The Far Away Nearby, which is by the author, Rebecca Solnit. And shout out to Michelle Penuloza from Ventoso Farms, another small cannabis farm in Mendocino County, for introducing me to this wonderful book. Okay, so here we go. Sometimes to accept is also a gift. The anthropologist David Graeber points out that the explanation that we invented money because barter was too clumsy is false. It wasn't that I was trying to trade you 60 sweaters for the violin you've made when you didn't really need all that willingness. Before money, Graeber wrote, people didn't barter but gave and received as needs and goods ebbed and flowed. They thereby incurred the indebtedness that bound them together and reciprocated slowly, incompletely, in the ongoing transaction that is a community. 
money was invented as a way to sever the ties by completing the transactions that never needed to be completed in the older system, but existed like a circulatory system in a body. Money makes us separate bodies, and maybe it teaches us that we should be separate. I once read an account about a wealthy Turkana man in Kenya's Rift Valley who offered to slaughter a goat in his guest's honor and then offered one of his impoverished neighbors few poor animals instead of a goat from his own large herd. The guest was perplexed, but the man who had offered his neighbor's goat eventually explained that he was thereby weaving him into the web of obligation and future gifts strengthening his ties and his position, earning him goodwill that was better than goats. The goods would continue to flow in both directions, but the immaterial goods mattered more, and in losing his goat to the in, and in losing his goat, the poor man became a little richer. The richer man became someone he could go to for help, and eventually did, receiving far more than a single goat. All right, Tracy, with that being said, I will turn it over to you to tell us a little bit more about Mendocino Producers Guild. Well, let me just say, I loved that poem. I, I mean, if it, it, it's a piece, definitely. And it has to do with inner uh, dependence and an old way of being human. Um, and that's what I really have come to love with our little producers guild and our zoom meetings is that seeing the farmers just being you know crushed by so many obstacles and we are really getting stronger together there is a a hope and a feeling of camaraderie that i am just blown away by and these are our markets every single person that's in the guild well you know that's involved with the guild makes the guild happen and um i'm impressed and i am and i am full of hope for our future and these producers guild markets are not just for cannabis as we know it's for all uh small producers in mendocino county that you know have that you know a commitment to being best practices with respect for the land and the water, the communities. And a lot of people out here are family oriented. And I, I appreciate that our markets, you know, can have, um, you can bring the whole family and it's not a, a 21 and over event. It's a family event. And our next market will have a kid zone. So that's going to be super fun. Let me just say right there. And, um, the Producers Guild is a way I'm hoping and we're all hoping I hope it'll be a destination market because as we get uh, legal legal in the big picture of things nationwide, you know, we are still going to be old school. I mean, Laytonville itself is a legacy town. That's all we were. We're growers. Covalo, too. That's how we survived with our five thousand dollar bake sales and such, you know, a lot of the skate park and other things that make us who we are was done from growers, uh, you know, donating to the community. And that was their tether. So they're, they're tied. So I, um, I just, you know, I'm, I am, I am hopeful and yet it is hard and um, it's hard because money does pay the bills. And, and so that's the system that we're in, you know, and I wish, 
that we lived in a simpler time, you know, like going back to the poem where because people are just so full naturally of the of that kind of love of that kind of wanting to take care of each other you don't have that now you can get me later what do you need i was there at the market and i just gotten over a cold like an actual cold i wasn't you know and uh and then radical herbs blair Enclair, and daniel were there and they gave me some of the best medicine i've ever had in my whole life of this elderberry and it was like, oh, gosh, I owe you, you know, that feeling. And it was just given because I needed it. And I was so grateful. And I, I'm i still using that medicine. It's just really good stuff. Um, and that's another thing that our, all our producers, our cannabis producers also have, you know, usually some side craft going on there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're lucky. We're just really lucky to live here with the good vibes. God, and the vibes were fabulous. I loved I love our, our market vibe. It's so good. Exactly. It really is. It's amazing. It's a wonderful vibe. And, you know, I have to say I am a participant. I'm a member of Mendocino Producers Guild and a participant in the farmer's markets um, with my farm wild and cannabis. And I got a lot of sort of, I not quite, or all classified as commentary, commentary from like other farmers in my community who didn't participate in the farmer's market, who were like, whatever, how much money can you possibly make, you know, at a cannabis farmer's market in Laytonville? And I wanted to be like, you guys, it's, of course, we're trying to sell our goods and make money because like Tracy said, this is the system that we're in, but it's more about the community. It really is about coming together and cultivating this vibe, like our spirit that really keeps us going as a community, especially through really challenging times like we're in right now. So I can't encourage folks to come out enough to enjoy the market. Even if you don't smoke cannabis, you don't want to buy any cannabis. There's um, wonderful food vendors. You can come enjoy a nice lunch, hang out in the sunshine. We're going to have misting stations as it gets warmer and warmer, which it inevitably will. (laughs) Um, We're going to have, you know, like fun kids zone, like Tracy said. And you can just just mingle with your neighbors and community members and spend some really good quality time together, which, as we all know, has been in very, very short supply over the past few years. Um, It's free to get in and totally open to everyone and super friendly, super friendly event. Um, Tracy, do you want to announce the dates, the, the upcoming dates for the rest of the markets? There's one every month through July. Sure. Um, and I also, Jen, um, I want to say if you, if for this is, um, I mean, you could come to our markets and get anything from wool to art to leather goods to medicine, you know, the herbal guild ladies and other ladies are there. So like uh, all that. Okay. So May 28th is our next market. June 20. I think it's it's the same day third. as Kate Wolf. That'll be fun. Yeah, twenty third. Um, let me go over here to the calendar. And then July thirtieth. I know that one. June twenty fifth. June twenty fifth is our market. So May twenty eighth, June twenty fifth, and July thirtieth. And um, and if you want to be a vendor, whether you have wool or whiskey or well we're trying to get the whiskey in there um but there's because we're complete you guys seriously we are dcc compliant i mean the hoops 
it was so intense. That was one of the most intense parts is all we have all these people. I mean, to think how you can, you know, even just market your, your samples for, you know, your wares and all of that stuff. So much um, oppression, it kind of feels like to me, actually. Um, but, uh, but it's, but the ladies that came from the DCC were very kind and we got an enthusiastic thumbs up. We did everything to the T completely compliant. So really proud of us. And Megan Headley, I just need to put out a shout to her for all of her hard work. And then all the farmers, you know, bringing in all this paperwork and Brandy Moulton and I'm, um, I'm just, you know, blown away by the awesomeness, um, yeah, so go to mendocinoproducersguild.org if you're a non-cannabis vendor and sign on up. And if you are a cannabis vendor, and go sign up. Come on and sign up. We are filling up actually rather quickly. This is one of the problems is we have a small space and we have a lot of fun cannabis farmers. But we will, we will, we're gonna, we're gonna figure something out so everybody, everybody gets a shot. Absolutely. And Tracy is right. I was focusing a little bit on the cannabis there, but you can get everything that you could get at a regular farmer's market um, at this farmer's market. It's amazing. And there's lots of cannabis farmers there that are also growing vegetables and making herbal medicine and selling cut flowers and selling art. And then there's a whole section of non-cannabis vendors with all of their goods, art and leather goods, like Tracy said, and hopefully we'll have some honey in the future. Um, and some meat and cheese. It's going to be a really full spectrum situation. And of course, as an added bonus, you can also purchase and consume cannabis on site. Um, and I want to make sure we, we tell you guys the location of the farmer's market. It is, I believe it's 44550 Willis Avenue. Tracy, is that the right address? It's in Laneville. Mm-hmm. And the markets yep, are yep, from yep. 10 a.m. Yep, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And of course, I'll keep announcing these dates as the markets come closer and closer. So I hope you come out and join us. It's super beautiful. It's the vibes are absolutely 100, as Tracy said, and um, it is fully compliant, as she said as well. And that is huge. I actually don't know. I certainly don't know of any other cannabis farmers market in Mendocino County um, that is going on that is fully compliant, completely legal by the book farmer's market. It's a small merit. It's a large miracle (laughs) that we have this going on here. So I really hope that everybody in the community comes out and supports. Uh, Tracy, how many attendees do you think we had at the last market? It felt very lively. It was pretty full. It was so fun, Jen. Like, I really honestly have no idea because I feel like I was doing the buzz thing, you know, just like, like running around. But I know that it was there were people there at one point. I was like, wow, there's a lot of people here. And I really have no idea because we don't, we don't know. I mean, I don't know, but I I also wanted to say something about the time. So at four o'clock, things were really starting to get even more juicy. And so we are really trying, we're going to go into the evening. We're going to have longer hours, especially when the summer comes. Um, And we're going, I'm not completely positive on the hours. I think it was 10 to, to I think it's it's 10 to 10 that we're going to get the permit for and then it's like 10 to 6 that the hours of operation are going to be or something like that so we're definitely going to be there longer as the summer grows um and I don't know the attendance but it was 
you know, honestly, I mean, I know, it, 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 I mean, and I couldn't believe it because of all the mud and the rain, it rained, what, like right until like almost the day of, and there was no parking lot because it was all mushed out. Um, and so everybody just had to basically use our little town of Laytonville, which was so great. And again, our town was awesome. Um, and and next time it, it'll be, you know, I don't think there'll be any any obstacles. We'll be able to park in the parking lot and fill it up. But we filled up both, all the parking lots in town. People had to go park over at Geiger's. So it was a fabulous turnout and even against the odds. And the, you know, um, it's, you know, one of the things about putting on productions that, you, you know, there's so many always like, well, you could do this different and you can do that different and you should do this and you should do that. And I, I hear it all. It's great. I love the input. Um, so I think that this is a work in pro progress as we evolve together as a community um, with all of our, I mean, Mendocino is probably one of the best counties in the whole wide world. And so these markets are here to embellish our awesomeness. And it is so fun just being with the crafters. And uh, yeah, there's like, there's not one person at our market that had a booth that uh, wasn't an interesting, soulful human being. Oh, and no dogs. That's the other thing. No dogs, no alcohol. I just had to say that. No problem. That is great. Yes, everyone was beautiful. It was a, a magical day. And we have just like a couple more minutes to talk about MPG. So I just want to make sure that we touch on the values of Mendocino Producers Guild, especially as it relates to wildlife and our watershed. And Tracy, I know that you're, that's a really personal passion of yours. So I'm going to give you the floor here to talk about those values um, as far as MPG goes with just caring for our natural world. It's all about it. Well, uh, in the center of the center of how the guild got started, um, it was the salmon because with best practices, you don't use as much water. And we have here in Mendocino County, a real opportunity with our waterways and tributaries to actually make, you know, it's they're contiguous. And so, um, with best practices and saving water and, and even with this drought and forest health, there's a possibility and a potential for, you know, future possibilities to bring back the salmon. And so when you go to our website, that's the first thing you see are the salmon jumping. So this is like, and then the salmon are keystone. I mean, they're, you know, without wildlife, there is no life. And most people who are farmers out in the hills have fabulous relationship with their wildlife the people who actually live here, who have, you know, family and communities, they love their land. And that's something that, you know, is I'm so proud of us as a people. Um, I was going to say something else, but I can't remember what it was, but the, um, the whole, the whole community of producers, this is their platform. If they choose to be on it um, for, for kind of a beacon to the world, best practices you know living you know the, the there was someone there with a with a camera and the title you know that we came up with is the fight to stay small and because we're small hopefully eventually we will be you know get better prices for what we have but right now if you come to our farmers market even though they're great prices for us they're great prices for the consumer so it's such a win-win because we have farm direct prices without the middle people in the middle 
So um, great prices, great people, great quality product. All great. That's and if you want to find out more about this super greatness, you can check <laughs> out Mendocino producersguild.org and that's guild spelled g-u-i-l-d so mendocino producersguild.org farmers market series actively seeking um, non-cannabis vendors to participate so please please apply and i will keep you informed about everything moving forward with these farmers markets and tracy any last words before we swoop over to sweet leaf joe um, just that Jen, you know, it's so fun. That's all I want to say. And I feel like that the farmers, uh, I hope that the farmers come and enjoy each other and that there is some fun had by all because it's time to have a little bit of fun too. I agree. Awesome. Tracy, thank you so much. This has been Tracy Peller from the Mendocino County Producers Guild. So wonderfully joining us this morning. And I just want to make sure we have Joe on the line before we move over. Joe, are you here with us? Oh, yeah. Awesome. All right, Tracy, you're welcome. If you want to hang on there until we take some callers in about 15 minutes, that would be awesome. And we're going to chat with Joe. Sweetleaf Joe is the founder and director of the Sweetleaf Collective. He has been an activist in the Bay Area for more than 20 years, working with groups providing food to the elderly, shelter to the homeless, and cannabis to low-income, terminally ill people. He ran a community arts center in San Francisco's Mission District for five years, creating a forum for artists, musicians, and performers to practice and show their art free of charge. Joe also founded the Humanitarian Circus, and has traveled all over the world making free circus shows for refugees and orphans in war zones and developing countries. His last mission was to the island of Lesbos, where he performed for Syrian refugee children after they had made the harrowing journey from Turkey to Greece. And I have been wanting to have Joe on the show since I met him at the um, Har Emerald Cup Harvest Ball last fall. And I ran into him at the farmer's market, the Mendocino Producers Guild Farmer's Market, this past weekend. And I said, Joe, it's time. We're doing a show. Um, you know, I met Joe out in the parking lot at the Harvest Ball, actually. He was looking for material to make a banner. And I didn't know him or the Sweet Leaf Collective. And I was like, oh, this guy's so nice and friendly. And then I go inside and realize that he's like this big deal person with this awesome organization. So, Joe, you're super cool, dude. Thank you for joining us. And you want to just say hi and tell us about all your awesome stuff you do? Sure. Well, first, you know, thanks, Jen, for having me. Um, and just a little plug for the farmer's market. Yeah, that was a great farmer's market. You know, we all got to reconnect. Um, it was great being out there. There was a whole bunch of different brands that donate to Sweet Leaf. And um, it was just a great time. So I recommend all your listeners come out, support local business, support local cannabis. Um, yeah, it's a good time. But so, so it's me, uh, you know, I'll try to give the, the short intro and keep it mainly uh, cannabis oriented. Um, yeah, I've been an activist for years, a bunch of different um, fun projects, but the one that I've been doing the longest is Sweet Leaf. And 
The Sweetleaf Collective is California's oldest cannabis brand. This year, we are celebrating our 25th anniversary. So I started the project in 1996. I'm the founder and director. Um, We help low-income veterans, terminally ill patients, people of color, and the LGBTQ community access free medical cannabis. Last year, in 2021, our over 1,000 patient network accessed almost $3 million worth of free medical cannabis thanks to our work. This year, our goal is $10 million worth of free medical cannabis. And yeah, we're, we're on our way to getting it. We have uh, gotten a very generous donation from Pro Farms. Uh, they are a larger cultivator and they have donated 2,500 trimmed pounds of bulk cannabis. And so we are in the process of packaging that up. We're definitely looking for help with fundraising. Anybody wants to check us out uh, and, and help out, sweetleafcollective.org is our website. And you can donate through PayPal on there. And every dollar raised means a patient can access one free gram of medical cannabis. So a $28 donation means an ounce goes out to patients. And uh, a $454 donation means a whole pound gets to go out to the patients. Um, I think that's my, my, my small intro. Did I hit Thank all the points? Thank you so much, Joe. All of them beautifully. That is a wonderful intro. Um, yeah, Joe's awesome. I see him around at every cannabis event that I go to, um, and he's a super cheerful guy. You can tell he just loves the work that he does. And Joe, I wanted to ask you what inspired you to found the Sweet Leaf Collective. Well, at the time, you know, I was a twenty-year-old punk rock activist. I didn't know the whole history behind compassionate cannabis. At that time, I was doing uh, Food Not Bombs, which is an activist group that takes surplus from grocery stores and feeds homeless people. And so I, when medical cannabis passed in 1996, I said, you know, why don't we use the same model and transpose it onto the cannabis industry? So basically taking surplus and getting it to those who need it most. And I identified those who needed it most as, you know, low-income, terminally ill patients. That's who we originally started with. You know, our patients are HIV/AIDS patients and uh, cancer patients, and some of our patients have both cancer and HIV. And yeah, so also at that time period, uh, you know, it was really scary. The federal government was coming down on a lot of people. Uh, I was facing five to ten years federal sentence if I was caught doing this work. Um, So we also wanted, you know, to not only to help those most in need, but to also have the strongest court case in case it went to court. Uh, I do have some friends who were busted at that time and did five years federal time and they were growing cannabis for patients for compassion. So it it was really a scary time. It's really heartening that we don't live 
in that time period anymore. A lot of us have a lot of PTSD from that time period. But it's just great that I can go onto a public radio station and talk about this. My lawyers actually told me not to do interviews for like the first 20, 21 years that we were doing this. Um, so we were super under the radar and it's great to, to finally be able to come out and, you know, represent the cannabis nonprofit sector because it's literally saving lives every day with free cannabis. And most people don't know that we exist as a nonprofit sector and they don't realize the major impact that we have in the lives of these patients. Oh, yes. Huge impact. Absolutely. And that is absolutely terrifying what you were discussing about the legal um, ramifications of, of what you were of the work that you were doing. And it totally leads me to my next question, which is how has Prop 64 impacted you positively, negatively, both? Yeah, it's definitely been both. I mean, you know, some of the other stuff that we did in 2018 and 2019 is Proposition 64 did not make a distinction between commercial and non-commercial cannabis. Now, what that meant is that all free compassionate cannabis was taxed. So in 2019, we actually had to do a fundraiser to pay the state taxes so that our patients could receive 100% free medical cannabis. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, this is the only time in history that I've ever heard of philanthropy being taxed. So what we did is we worked with a couple other compassion programs and a bunch of activists and advocates. <coughs> and we put a bill into Sacramento. First year was SB 29. The second year was SB 34. We had to do it two years in a row because uh Governor Jerry Brown actually vetoed it, and that was a really sad situation because I know of other compassion programs where some of their patients passed on because they had had to close their doors. I really don't think Jerry Brown realized that that signature on that veto was actually signing the death warrant for a lot of low-income terminally ill patients. But regardless, we kept the fight up, and in 2019, we won. And we change California law. And this is really important to understand because a lot of other recreational states didn't make this distinction when they went legal for recreational, their cannabis nonprofit sectors disappeared. And this was becoming a nationwide trend that we stopped here in California. It's the first time a large governmental entity has acknowledged the nonprofit sector of the cannabis industry. And what we see now is U.S. senators in Washington, D.C. discussing nonprofit cannabis protections for federal legalization. And this is directly due to the important and impactful work that we did. So that was the, the hard part. Now, the good part is that you know, we have probably over 300 permitted partners all up and down the supply chain. So now instead of Sweetleaf going to farms, bringing the cannabis to the Bay Area, packaging it up, and then bike delivering it to our patients, because that's what we did back in the day. We were a bunch of bike messengers riding around the Tenderloin with big messenger bags full of five pounds of weed, giving it away free to patients. But now we work with all these permitted partners 
that do all the plant touching. So Sweetleaf is now a patient organization. And we work with partners and, you know, we'll track donations down the whole supply chain. And so we're actually able to create a lot more access. You know, we source cannabis now for, you know, 20 different retailers and compassion programs around the state. So we have about a hundred patients, but in our entire patient network, there's over a thousand patients. So we've actually increased access to 10 times more patients with proposition 64 so there's been good parts of it there's been bad parts of it you know i guess it's just like life life is like that it certainly is but it sounds like wow you have come a long way that is a beautiful story actually um with all that you've accomplished and how sweet leaf has grown so in about three minutes we're going to open up the phone lines and take callers because i'm sure there are listeners out there that have questions for you, Joe, or maybe they want to learn more about the farmer's markets or they want to hear um, the contact information for the Like It Fire Water Project again. So don't worry, listeners, we're going to make time for you to call in. And before we move on to taking our phone calls, Joe, I know when we connected at the farmer's market, you told me about a very exciting project that um, Sweetleaf had upcoming with some donated CBD. And I was wondering if you wanted to tell our listeners about that. Oh, yeah. So this is the year that Sweetleaf is going to go international. We are we understand that this is a global movement around health equity and creating access to patients that cannot afford this valuable medicine, this life saving medicine. So we were contacted a couple weeks ago by a Ukrainian cannabis nonprofit. They began in 2005 and they've been doing a lot of work pushing forward the medical cannabis agenda over in ukraine so they contacted us because they need free cbd and it just so happened that about a month ago month and a half ago one of my contacts here in california reached out to me because he had a a 55 gallon drum of cbd tincture which has over 1 million doses in it. And so we are now in the process of getting this donation over to the Ukraine for refugees, for uh, Ukraine's largest cancer organization that is also very pro-cannabis and cannabinoid therapy. They have over 16,000 patients. And a lot of the, the hospitals, they're not getting enough chemotherapy drugs, They're not getting enough traditional Western medicine and they want to, you know, basically bring in more cannabinoid therapy to to help out with that. And I actually have a call at 10 o'clock in 15 minutes with these nonprofits to discuss how we're going to be getting it over there. And um, it's just awesome. It's incredible. I mean, I think that this donation has uh, between a two and three million dollar retail value and You know, I'm just excited to take the, you know, what we've been doing in California with the nonprofit sector of cannabis and take it all around the world. We want to make this global. There are literally hundreds of millions of people that need this medicine and can't afford it. And we will do whatever it takes to get them access. 
That is so amazing and so beautiful. And I just, I, I don't even have words for how wonderful that is. Um, it's so touching and incredible that this manifested with this CBD oil that you had and going, is it oil or tincture? It's tincture, but it's full spectrum and it's, there's no alcohol in it. It is just all hemp. Carol, goodness. (laughs) That is amazing. And so we're going to keep talking about this because it's totally awesome. And in the meantime, we're going to open up our phone lines and we're going to let callers call in. So if you're listening and you have a question for Tracy about the farmer's markets or you need the fire water project information again, or you want to ask Joe about any of the super awesome things that he's doing, please don't hesitate to give us a call. That number is 707-895-2448. 707-895-2448. If you have a question or a comment for anyone on the cannabis hour here today. All right. Awesome. So while we wait for callers, Joe, I would love for you to continue with anything you have to say about this CBD donation. Um, are you at liberty to say where where it came from? Can we give that person some on-air props or is that secret info for the moment? Um, it came from Mike Robinson. He got it donated from another group, um, but I think they may have gone out of business. Um I can look in my emails real quick. So Mike is great. Mike Robinson. Um, he's been doing a whole lot of cannabinoid therapy with THC and with CBD. Um, it's helped him with his health. And, you know, he's just been focusing on this for, for years. And so, yeah, somebody he had been working with, I think they had made, they had, someone had made this order and then their CBD company went under. And so the company who made it, they knew about Mike and they were like, Hey, can we get you this 55 gallon drum? And he's had it for a minute and he hasn't had a chance to, to get it out there. So yeah, he contacted me and then lo and behold, like a few weeks later, someone else is contacting me. That's really what I love about, you know, doing this work is so many things happen without like, it just seems like the universe wants this to happen. Sorry if I'm getting too cosmic oh, or okay. hippie. No, it is cosmic. But I Listen, figure, you know, your listeners are probably a <laughs> bunch of hippies. And yeah, um, this like is I'm it, actually, I'm just going to break in real quick because speaking of those listeners, We have one um, on the line right now. So we're going to pause for a second and we're going to put that caller through. So caller, are you here with us? You're live on the Cannabis Hour. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us today. Sure. Uh, Great program. Um, Is there a way to contact the Sweet Leaf Collective without internet access, like by phone? Um... Jeez. Or otherwise. I feel, like, I feel like we have a Google number. Um, it, what would it be in regards to? Um, I'm a person in need. So we help people down in the Bay Area. Um, you, can, you can send... Oh, but you said you don't have internet. So you don't have email either? Well, 
I have transportation issues. In order to get on the Internet, I'd have to get a long trip to Fort Bragg to the library. Okay. We are talking with Dragonfly Wellness. Um, I believe that they have a compassion program, so they are down there in Fort Bragg. Oh. Um, so I would recommend talking to them. We basically, our program is just for um, like low-income, terminally ill patients in the Bay Area. That's where we dispense at. But we do work with a bunch of other retailers. And, you know, uh, Jude down at Dragonfly Wellness, they're definitely a very patient-focused dispensary in Mendocino County. That's Jude? Yeah. Great. Well, may, you your, may, you, uh, may your you template may. be uh, replicated and uh, propagated abundantly. Yeah, yeah, you can, Jude is one of my contacts there, she's the the founder over there, but Candy is the manager, so you might just want to give them a call, and yeah. you can ask for Candy, and if she's not available, you know, you can talk to some of the other employees there, Great. and um, and ask them about their, their program. To qualify for free medical cannabis uh, under SB 34, the, the bill that we got passed that got turned into law, uh, you would need to have a valid and current physician's recommendation for medical cannabis. Um, that, okay. That's the only requirement. You aren't required to have the state ID card, the cannabis ID card. Okay. But, yeah, you would need a, a valid and current medical recommendation. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much, caller, for calling in and asking that question. And thank you, Joe, for answering. I just want to give out the number again. If anybody's out there and you have a question for Joe or Tracy or myself or a question about the Fire Water Project, please feel free to give us a call. That number is 707-895-2448. That is 707-895-2448. All right. So, Joe, that was some good info that you gave that caller about what you need in order to um, qualify for free medical cannabis in the state of California. That is awesome. Um, and as far as laws go and restrictions, oh, we have a new caller. All right. Caller, we're going to put you right through here. Um, you're live with us here on the Cannabis Hour. Are you there? Yes, I am. And I'd like to know, um, I'm from Laytonville, and I'm wondering if there's any way possible, like uh, the farmer's market there at the Healthy Start building, um, I don't know if you have a, a section that, you know, is on is a, is on an aside. I know where the uh, Wild Oak, what's the, the 10 miles north of town where you have the, the hole in the wall, <clears throat> you know, the, the access for the, for the AIDS patients and stuff. I don't know how we can go about getting. I'm, it's so wonderful. Thank you so much. It's a wonderful medicine, and it has been for 40 years for me, and uh, kept me off of alcohol and any other drug. The only drug I've ever used has been herb, and it's just a, the best medicine on the planet. And you can use it when you need it. And you don't need it. You don't need it, but uh, it's it's excellent. And I'm so glad that uh, international. Global, you know, is uh, where we're at, and I think that we need to do vegetables and fruits and, you know, just do the organic garden all the way and just garden. Keep gardening and keep doing what you're doing. And I'm wondering if there's any way, is the Garden Club, 
here in Laytonville? Is there any way that we can connect with those people? They have a garden there in the, in the back of the Healthy Start building by the Harwood Park. I helped to found that years and years ago. And how do we get, how do we end up, you know, helping people to be supported? Awesome. That is a great question. Thank you so much. And I'm going to turn your question over here to Tracy from the Mendocino Producers Guild. Tracy, are you, are you still on the line with us? But of course, I love that question too. That's yeah. Why don't we have like maybe we could have like a garden club booth there or something, and they could sell their veg there. I can reach out to Heather and see, you know, what she's what what where her uh, capacity is. Call her if you want to send me an email at mendopg at gmail.com. Let's start talking about how we can support our local garden club. I love that idea. And also, um, our Healthy Start, um, just another shout out for Laytonville, our Healthy Start has really good information um, on, because a lot of our a lot of our Healthy Start funding came from educating children about what cannabis does um, for youth growing up. And there's a really good um, series by a man named Ralph Cantor that explains how cannabis affects the youth, the young mind. And I, you know, I, I think you know, it's just a scientific um, what's happened. And, and uh, they've done a lot of work with our kids as well. But education is fabulous too. So maybe we can do something with all of our local people. But thank you, caller. Yes, thank you so much. And thank you, Tracy, for answering that question. So I think we have time for just one more caller. So if anybody's out there with a burning question or comment, you can quickly give us a call at 707-895-2448. We've got about mm, four minutes left here for the Cannabis Hour. So, all right, we're going to give out the Mendocino Producers Guild information before we hop off. But before we get to that, Joe, I just want to give you a chance to say any last words, any last thoughts you want to leave our listeners with. And please be sure to include your contact information because I have, of course, so many cultivators that are listeners and they might be wondering, hey, how can I donate some medicine to Sweet Leaf Joe's wonderful nonprofit organization. So do you want to share that? Um, yeah. So contact information, you know, sweetleafcollective.org is a great place to find us. Um, Sweet Leaf Joe on Instagram, Sweet Leaf Patients on Instagram, uh, Sweet Leaf Joe on Twitter, Joe Sweetleaf on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, would love to connect with more people. We're also working with uh, Nick at Mendocino uh, Cannabis Distribution there in Laytonville. So, you know, we have that sort of hub to get donations to. Um, and yeah, I guess to go out, um, you know, I, I'd just like to remind people, I'm sure a bunch of your listeners already know this, but it's something I, I like to talk about is that, um, you know, the history of cannabis and how we got here uh, we got recreational cannabis through medical cannabis and the way that we got medical cannabis is through a small group of activists in the 1980s who were giving away free cannabis to aids patients in san francisco and i'm sure a lot of people have heard of brownie mary and dennis perone and these are the reason 
that we have legal cannabis today. They changed the way people thought about cannabis and changed people to understand, you know, and the wide public to understand that this is a medicine. And Brownie Mary was jailed on multiple occasions for giving away free cannabis to terminally ill patients at a time when there were no AIDS drugs. Cannabis was the only medicine that was helping these patients. And we had diehard activists who were unwilling to stop and unwilling to compromise in their efforts to save lives with free medical cannabis. And so something I just like people to think about is, you know, our whole industry came from a small group of San Francisco activists giving away this plant. And Sweetleaf follows directly in their footsteps being in San Francisco, giving away free cannabis to HIV and AIDS patients. And, you know, it's, it's just an honor to be of service. And we fought so hard in 2018 and 2019 because we knew these patients needed it. And these patients could not advocate for themselves. These are people who have very low energy. They have barely enough energy to cook a hot meal for themselves once a day. And we knew that they needed us. These patients have always needed this medicine. And these patients have always needed activists like Brownie Mary, like Dennis Perone, and like the Sweet Leaf Collective. And it's, it's just an honor to be of service to this plant and an honor to help people help people access it. So thanks again for having me. Yes. Thank you so, 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 so much, Joe. And that is super, super important information to remember. So thank you for reminding us of where we came from and what's the important foundation of this community. Um, Tracy, MendocinoProducersGuild.org, if you want to get involved, we're about to hop off here. So um, yes, MendocinoProducersGuild.org, if you want to connect with Tracy, and if you need to connect with um, Jessica from the, and if you need to connect with um, Jessica from the Firewater Project, you can reach her at Leggett, that's L-E-G-G-E-T-T-F-W-P at mcn.org. And this has been another episode of the Cannabis Hour. Thank you so much. I'll be back in two weeks and stay tuned for Portraits in Jazz. Have a beautiful day. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.